dieting inherently comes from a place of lack Mm -hmm. restriction, cutting things out. I want to be smaller. I want to take up less space. The anti-diet method flips that flips that on its head comes from a place of abundance. We use the word abundance. I think that's a great, a great word to use. And, and from all angles, not just from the way that we get our clients to think about dieting where it's like, and, and, and everything we just talked about body positivity, taking up more space, getting, being strong, but also in the tiny little habits that we get our members to do. Oh, you want to cut out sugar. Okay. Instead of cutting out sugar, just increase fiber. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want to drink less coffee. Okay. Instead of drinking less coffee, why don't you just add more water? Okay. Mm -hmm. You want to do this. Let's flip it on its head and think of it and approach it from a place of abundance versus a place of lack. Welcome to the mindset diet. The show that will teach you how to stop getting in your own way and start losing weight, feeling better, and becoming the best version of yourself. My name is Iman. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and I run an online coaching business where my amazing team and I coach women through losing weight without restrictive dieting or excessive exercise. Welcome to this episode of the Mindset Diet Podcast, where I had the pleasure of sitting down with Coach Robin Shaw Jarvis. This was an awesome conversation, and I know I say that every single time I have a guest on, but I genuinely was so immersed in this conversation. Robin and I have such similar views on diet and lifestyle and mindset. And so everything she was saying, it just was like completely aligned with what I believe and what I teach our clients here at Built by Balance. Robin and I met through our business coach, Caleb, and we decided to connect and have a conversation and record it as an episode of The Mindset Diet. And I'm so, so glad we did. Obviously, Robin is a nutrition coach herself, and she wrote an amazing book titled Hustle But Healthy, The Five Pillars of Sustainable Wellness and Weight Loss for the Busy Woman. It's got a five-star rating and review on Amazon. If you want to grab a copy of that, I actually linked it in the description below. You'll hear Robert and I talk about the book and the five pillars of wellness and weight loss. We also discuss how to set realistic goals that actually align with you and why diet culture is complete BS. So like I said, I loved this conversation. If you loved it too, I would greatly appreciate it if you could share this episode to your favorite social media platform and with your favorite friends and family. We want this information to get into the ears and into the hearts of people who need it. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Coach Robin. Obviously, every single one of us who is crazy enough to own a nutrition coaching business uh, and going through the ups and downs, like transparently, we were just talking about that right before we we went live, right? Um, you know, we have usually a story or a reason why we are in fitness or why we feel passionate enough to try to help other people through a weight loss or a fitness journey. So I start off this uh, this show every time when I have a guest, just asking my guest, you know, what got you into fitness? Why are you here? What led you to this position? Um, do you want the um, Cole's notes or do you want the full? <laughs> you Whatever the you full think. Sorry. What do you think okay. will be most most helpful for the audience? That's what yeah, I want. So like full, like I'm just going to get this on the table. I love to talk. So this is going to be super fun and you can always Great. cut me off, but. Will do. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess. My, I come from a quite, quite a competitive family and quite a competitive background um, that has not always served me. Mm-hmm. And that has been um, something that has probably gotten me into a lot of trouble that I've had to kind of navigate, but that all started um, with competitive swimming. So I was a swimmer trying to like make my way to like Olympic trials for like at a quite a young age. Like I, I quit swimming when I was 15, which is crazy. Like that puts into perspective, like where I peaked, you know, like yeah. I was 15 when I peaked, like these swimmers going to even like, you know, you look at summer, uh, who just made it to the Olympics anyways, I'm tangenting already. Um, and after swimming, and I think a lot of athletes can relate to this, you stop your sport and then you kind of lose your sense of like self, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quit swimming to kind of get my life back. I mean, I was almost 16, you know, you're 16 and you got a social life and you're in high school and you want to start partying and all this stuff. And like, obviously being like on the pool deck at 5 a.m. and then having to go back at 5 p.m. like wasn't conducive to my social life. So sure. um, I quit that. And I always say like, <laughs> When you try and achieve some sort of balance, a lot of the time, and especially for me, 
I go too far in the opposite direction. And so that's what happened. I fell like really hard into the party scene, a lot of drinking. Um, I went to art school for five years. And as artists, like, what do we love to do? We like to drink. We like to stay up late. We like to party. Like that's kind of the scene that I fell into. Um, and so I like, not just like lost myself, I lost myself, like Mm -hmm. really unhealthy up until I was probably about 20, 21, 22, um, right around that time, my brother was, my brother's always been an athlete. My older brother, I have two brothers and a sister. My older brother has been uh, always very competitive as well, hockey, and then got into CrossFit. Um, and so he has been following kind of like CrossFit HQ and CrossFit.com, I should say, like their workouts that they posted online forever. And he opened up his own gym kind of around 2022. Um, and so, or sorry, not 2022, when I was 22. And, um, and so I think like just seeing him do it, I was like, okay, like maybe I could try this. Um, let's see what it's all about. I remember going into his gym and it's like, again, I think a lot of athletes can relate to this. CrossFit kind of felt filled that hole. Like it's a sport. You can be competitive mm-hmm. in it. There's like, I'm, I'm an athlete. So I kind of fell into it pretty quickly. Um, and so really I, I can say the rest is history for the sake of not going on for too long, but literally CrossFit kind of started it all. And the rest is history, right? Like personal training, coaching seven days a week, Yep. Um, all of a sudden, you know, probably this, like your members start asking you about nutrition. Hey, what should I be eating? Hey, like, mm-hmm. you know, what should I be eating post-workout or post-water? Like, whatever. Um, we started a nutrition program within the gym to help more like the performance side of things, body composition. We were really heavy into helping like CrossFit athletes at all levels. You know, even like my brother has made it to the games, like was helping like really kind of elite athletes. And then, um, I think the transition into who we help now comes from a very personal story of, like I mentioned, my competitive nature kind of got in my way. I pushed myself be, like to the brink of total and complete exhaustion, um, all in an effort to keep up, um, mm-hmm. whether it was to keep up with my brother, whether it was to keep up with my younger sister, who's also an incredible athlete, whether it was to keep up with the people around me, whether it was to kind of... Um, stand up to the expectations of what I felt like I should be as a CrossFit coach or what I should look like as a CrossFit mm-hmm. coach. Um, and so, you know, really dieting myself down, working out seven days a week, 12% body fat crushed me. Um, and that really was like, dang, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like my body's broken. My mental health is terrible. Um, And I feel so much more strongly about helping people find the balance (laughs) and find like, find the balance. And so that's really what we do now. And so, I mean, it's morphed into a, a, like the anti-diet, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit, but that's kind of like how I became a coach, but also like how it's transitioned into what it is now, because Mm -hmm. my coaching in, you know, in 2018 looked totally different from the coaching that I, that I do now. Yeah. Very cool. First of all, thank you for sharing all of that with us. Um, I hope that wasn't too long. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I mean, I've had uh, conversations where all we end up talking about is the person's journey because sometimes yeah. it's really valuable to go through yeah. that. So what I'm interested in, I, there's a direction I want to take this conversation because um, I think I was having this conversation with one of my clients yesterday and I said, most coaches are on the side of the spectrum where they do too much. They eat too mm-hmm. little, they work out too much. They um, want to get, you know, too many steps and they're super hyper obsessed with their body. And the average person is on the other side of the spectrum where they have no awareness. They're, you know, usually eating too much or moving too little or some combination. But I think, so I think it's not quite relatable to talk to people about the signs of how you knew your body was exhausted and stuff like that. But a lot of women, and I think a lot of women that you and I probably serve as coaches actually fall somewhere in the middle where they want to be dieting. And so they take the diets of athletes or celebrities or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, those extreme diets, yet they're not actually an athlete. They're not actually competing in something, but they are trying to push themselves to that extreme. So for that person who, you know, for example, decides to do um, Optavia 
and also mm-hmm. decides to go to like a hit class or something like that. Can you talk about some of those signs maybe that you experienced when you knew that your body was kind of working against you rather than working for you? Because I think the average woman would actually relate to some of that. Yes. And I, I, this is, I love talking about this and this is actually like one of the kind of specific topics I wrote about in my book, which can be a nice kind of segue into that. Mm-hmm. But um, I believe, I truly believe that all of that and and that being what you just described there, the trap almost that you fall into of seeing a person, seeing somebody online or in your in your community or whatever, and they seem to have what you want. And so what do you do? You jump on whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And most of the times, like you said, it's an athlete or a celebrity or a fitfluencer or some person that seems to have it all right. Like their highlight reel is so apparent. And so you're like, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to do what they're doing. That to me is what a classic example of what I like to call a reactive goal. Mm -hmm. And so like, I try very hard to educate my clients and my community about the difference, the very, very, very important and distinct difference between setting yourself reactive versus inclusive goals. And so, um, reactive goal is is just that i mean and this is this is exactly what led me to burnout and what led me to um having that really important like pivotal shift in what i'm doing and what my life looks like and who i coach and all that stuff because i was constantly setting myself these goals that were a reaction based on an emotion towards someone else or a gut mm-hmm. feeling towards somebody else or a reaction towards what someone else was doing or the success of somebody else whether it was me telling myself that I had to make it to the Olympics because this girl beside me was going to the Olympics. At the same time, I look back and I'm like, there's no freaking way I was going to make it to the Olympics with like my social life and my non, like what I was eating and all that stuff. Like I just wasn't dedicated to it mm-hmm. yet. I kind of just threw it out into the world that was like, okay, that's what I want to do because she's doing it. Same thing with CrossFit. I need to look and be like X, Y, Z because this person feels like I should, or my brother's doing it, or my sister's doing it, or whatever, right? And so it's the, I think, like, becoming very aware of what types of goals are you setting yourself, and who are you basing them off of? Are you basing them off of you, and like, what you want, and your alignments, and your roles, and responsibilities, and what you truly want? Or are you basing it off of some person that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, who is going to lead you ultimately down the wrong direction. And it's not their fault. It's your fault, right? Right. Because you haven't done the inner work to to get fully aware on what you're doing. And so inclusive goals is really the opposite. And I think that's the big shift of what I've been trying to work on for myself over the past, you know, three, four years is, okay, every time I'm going to set a goal for myself, I have to do my homework. I have to take into consideration what's going on in my life. What do I want? What are my non-negotiables? What are my roles? What are my responsibilities? What do like, whatever. Cause it's very easy to say, oh, I want a six pack. It's very easy to say, I want toned arms. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to say, I want to be X number on the scale, but the execution will never be easy unless it's in a true alignment with who you are. And it took me a long time to figure out that having a six pack was not in alignment with who I was. Yeah. And, and that's a really I think a really important journey that a lot of women need to go down. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. That wasn't exactly the answer I was expecting, but it was, I think the answer that, (laughs) no, you're fine. I think it's the answer that I think people actually needed to hear. Um, And it reminds me. So the other night um, I was sitting on my couch, it was like Sunday night. And I was just like wrapping up about to go to sleep. And my mom texted me and she's like, are you watching the Grammys? And I was like, oh, I forgot that they were even on. So she's like, turn it on, turn it on. Cause she knows I'm a huge Billie Eilish fan. And she was, oh yeah, she crushed. Yeah. Yeah. She crushed as usual. But anyway, so I turned it on and and Billie Eilish was performing and I was like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, I guess I'll just keep them on for the next like 20 minutes while I wind down or whatever. And the next person to, to come up was Miley Cyrus, who I also love. And she was singing flowers, which was like her smash hit. And, you know, she's up there and I took a picture and put it on my Instagram story. And I was like, Miley Cyrus is so underrated as far as like her talent level and her voice. Like everyone just knows her as like Hannah Montana. And like, you know, she went quote unquote wild with like the wrecking ball. I promise I'm going to tie this into fitness, but she went, she was like child star gone wild, like that whole story. And people are losing 
what she actually is, which is like a super talented singer. And I put that on my story and I had like eight or nine people like, like the story on Instagram. And I, at least a few of them commented and they were like, oh my God, her arms are so toned. And same thing happens where like, I saw all these reaction videos of the Grammys again, and everyone's commenting on like, Oprah lost a bunch of weight. And they're like, LOL, Oprah's on Ozempic. Like, and so the reason I bring this up is because it just, it ties exactly into what you just said. Like these, we, we, this is how the average woman decides that she wants to look a certain way. She's sitting on her couch watching the Grammys, Miley Cyrus flails her arms in the air as she's performing. She notices that Miley Cyrus has quote unquote toned arms, or she notices that Oprah looks great. And she decides, I want that too. And what old that, yeah, right. And what she doesn't realize is that like, okay, maybe Miley Cyrus is quote unquote toned because she spent the last three months jumping around on a stage performing for the Grammys or uh, practicing to perform for the Grammys. Right. Um, she probably has a personal chef and a personal trainer. Like, why are we basing our goals that we are like killing ourselves over mentally and physically mm-hmm. on a celebrity or mm-hmm. somebody that we, we don't know what they're going through. I mean, if you ask the average person who's even mildly self-aware, would you want to be a celebrity? I think they would say no. Yeah. Agreed. They, they know what goes into it. You see how many celebrities, unfortunately, end up abusing alcohol and drugs, taking their own lives, like horrible, horrible tragedies. Obviously that life is not what it's made out to be. So why are you basing what you want to look like off of somebody who has a life that you don't want to live? That you don't want. Exactly. That's exactly it. Stop chasing the goals of the life that you actually don't want. Right. Or even better and slightly unrelated, but can be tied back in is like a kind of like what you were saying you felt like you needed to be competitive with your brother and your sister, right? Mm -hmm. So you're basing it off of, well, I should be this way because my family's like this. And I see this a lot too with like women, they're like, well, my mom was overweight and she didn't want me to be overweight. And I'm like, why are you taking advice from someone who doesn't have the body you want or the life that you want? Right. And that's not just with weight, that's with anything. Why are you taking financial advice from someone who is, is at the same level as you like, what, what, you know, so I think it's important. And I like that we're touching upon this because I don't think I talk about this enough in my messaging and on the podcast, like be clear on why you have certain goals and understand that if you want to just be healthy and happy and live a wealthy life. And when I say wealth, I don't mean financial. I mean like, yes, financial too, to be secure there, but more so just like experiencing love, experiencing joy, feeling like a whole, like you're excited to get up and yes, like abundance. Exactly. Right. If that's the life you want, you don't need a six pack for that. You really don't. You don't need a flat tummy for that. You need to be in shape. You need to be able to get up the stairs without heaving. You need to be able to fit in an airplane seat or on a roller coaster seat, but you don't need to have a six pack. You don't need to, you know? And so I think that's, it's really important for people to get actually really clear on what they want, because I'll tell you this, your pursuit of that unrealistic goal will actually get you further from the life that you actually want. Because you're going to sit there and just like you did, Robin, you're going to bust your butt at CrossFit. You're not going to eat enough food. And and when we say CrossFit, I mean a CrossFit, a HIIT class. It could be anything, right? You're going to work out way too hard, not eat enough, punish yourself. It's going to wreck your metabolism, wreck your relationship with food. And all of a sudden you're going to be doing this for, you know, years and years and years, 30 years of your life. You're going to waste trying to get to this unrealistic version of yourself and actually create the overweight and unhappy body that you're probably currently in, which yep. is really hard to hear, but it's like, let's fix that. Yep. A hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, um, it's been a really, it's been a really like interesting, like journey for me, like going, and I'm not like, I've speak for myself, obviously, but millions of women are going through this too. And it like, yeah, I'm in my thirties and I'm getting closer and closer to that point in my life where I can like, just really fully accept every part of my body. Like my biggest insecurities, my belly, my whatever fat cellulite on my legs, like the things that, and I'm doing air quotes here, fitness, you know, folks shouldn't have like whatever, like it's, I think that I was 
done in so hard by that, that being trying to fit into the expectation, trying to shrink myself down, trying to tighten up my loose skin, like all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that it's, I mean, it, and it's that it's still happening for me. It's still going on. Right. And I think, and I, and I say this because I think it's important to really be honest and open about how long it's going to take for some people. This is not an overnight thing. Like I'm 32 years old. I was my lowest weight when I was so 10, 11 years ago. And so it's, it's, and I'm still on that journey 10, 11 years later, still trying to love and accept myself. Mm -hmm. But now I think the difference is like, I'm not going to, you know, like I, I can, I can, have those bad days and I can manage them and I can practice some sort of like self-love and self-care. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow that to manifest in negative habits. Like I used to, um, which is the big win for me at this point, but that doesn't mean the thoughts aren't there. That doesn't mean the bad days aren't there. That doesn't mean the body dysmorphia isn't there. Um, and I think, and again, I just kind of say that because I don't, I want to, I want to kind of show women. I think that this journey is like, forever like it's a mm-hmm. literal forever journey and and to that body that is your happiest and your healthiest and when I say happy and healthy I think those two need to work together all the time because you know you can be like I and I kind of always ask like when we do our goal setting sessions with our clients too that's kind of always what we come back to like are you happy and are you healthy right mm-hmm. because you can maybe be super healthy, but you're not happy because your body doesn't look the way that you want it to. Like, okay, now we can work on body composition changes and get you to that like happy self. But are we sacrificing health in order to get you to happy? So yeah. it's like that constant balance, right? So we have like two kind of like, I don't know, I picture that like old school scale, right? Where it's like, you have your happy on one side and you're healthy on the other side. And we're never going to sacrifice one for the other. But I think that's a lot harder said than done. And so and that takes time. Like that takes so much time to find that body. That's going to be your happiest and your healthiest because yeah. I was at, you know, like, and it's crazy to think about that. I, and so many women will get to a point where they push themselves so hard. And then they look at the body and they're like, I'm actually not happy anymore. And I'm not healthy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm at my goal weight, by the way. This and was I'm, the weight yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, I stepped on the scale and I'm at, you know, my, my classic, like 128 pounds or whatever it is, yep. 135 pounds. And I hit it, but I'm not happy and I'm not healthy. And I started at a place where I was not happy and I was not healthy. And Mm -hmm. so that's crazy to think about these women going on the opposite ends of the spectrum, but ultimately get the same outcome. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so huge. And I like that you talked about how it's really, I'm honestly steering away from the word journey because I, again, I was having a conversation with a client yesterday and And we were just talking about how this is a lifelong thing. And I said, I don't even love the word journey because journey implies like a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm -hmm. And this really has no end. And that's, and that's, I think where people get hung up on themselves is like, I'll have clients tell me like, well, I thought I fixed my relationship with food, but then I thought that a donut was bad the other day. And I'm like, no, you don't like fix your relationship with food and then it never comes back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just, it's, and and just because you had that thought doesn't mean your relationship with food has been derailed. It's, it's a dial, not a switch. It's Mm -hmm. how much do you need to focus on these things? Do I need to turn the dial and give my attention to this one side? It's not that like, you can just, you just check things off a box and it's like, Oh, relationship with food, check mental health, check. Right. Right. Like it doesn't work like that. So I'm, I'm glad that we can, you know, be transparent about that. And I'll let you know right now, if you're listening and you think like, Oh, these coaches must feel so good about themselves. We are the most insecure group of motherfuckers, excuse my language that I have ever met in my life. I mean, I, I have not talked to a single coach who has not openly talked to me about his or her issues with their body, because If you think you follow and are surrounded by fit people, think about us. We are like, that is all we talk about. I mean, transparently, like Robin and I met because we had the same business coach and I was one of his first clients. And so as he's adding people into our community and welcoming, welcoming them into our group chat with everyone who is coached by him, shout out Caleb, by the way, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) like I'm, I'm looking through all these people and I'm like looking through their Instagram. I'm like, cool, more people for me to connect with and everything. And these people on here are like 
ripped. Like their profile oh, yeah. picture is their abs and they're doing these like intense workouts. Meanwhile, my most recent picture is like my bloated belly as I'm like working <laughs> through a gut health journey. And I'm like, amazing. This feels great. Right. So yeah. like, this is the reality of the situation. Like we are all working through things, even when we feel like we've quote unquote made it. And even when we're yep. coaching people through that. So I'm glad we had that. We had that conversation. I want to shift gears here a little bit um, because your community is called the anti-diet method, right? So I'm curious it. because to be honest, the the whole anti-diet movement, I think kind of gets bastardized a little bit. Oh, so I'm yeah. curious your take on it and kind of how you, how you approach that with your clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that, love that uh, awareness of it. I think that you have, again, especially online, things live in extremes, right? Yes. You have, um, you know, context doesn't live online. Nuance doesn't live online. It's, it's, you either live in one camp or you live in the other. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's easy for people to live in the like diet camp or very people to live in the anti-diet camp. And I think the anti-diet camp, um, kind of, I mean, from what I've seen has been very like, you know, uh, intuitive eating, uh, very body positivity, body positivity, stuff like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, if you know me, you know that I live in a world of gray. Like that is my world. I live in gray. I pull positives from every camp and I create the best outcome that I possibly can of all that information. So with that said, the anti-diet, the anti-diet club, the anti-diet weight loss club is my Facebook group, but the anti-diet kind of method and program is really what we, we bring our clients through. And, and I'll say this, I can keep it a pretty, like a quite succinct dieting inherently comes from a place of lack mm -hmm. restriction cutting things out i want to be smaller i want to mm -hmm. take up less space um the anti-diet method flips that on flips that on its head comes from a place of abundance we use the word abundance i think that's a great a great word to use and and from all angles not just from the way that we get our clients to think about dieting where it's like and 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 everything we just talked about body positivity taking up more space getting being strong but also in the tiny little habits that we get our members to do oh you want to cut out sugar okay instead of cutting out sugar just increase fiber okay mm -hmm. you want to drink less coffee okay instead of drinking less coffee why don't you just add more water okay mm -hmm. you want to do this let's flip it on its head and think of it and approach it from a place of abundance versus a place of lack and i think just those tiny little mindset shifts ultimately lead women to believe okay, I can lose weight, get healthier, get stronger, get, get everything that I want from mental health to physical health to that optimal, whatever optimal looks like for you, body composition, but I can do it from a place of, um, from a place of abundance. I can do it from a place of fueling myself and feeding myself and, and adding things into my life and working on increasing all these different areas versus the, the inherent and very like, yeah. I mean, you look at dieting and that's exactly what it is. I think, and I think that who we're working with, and I think you and I have a very similar, um, clientele is, you know, the recovering dieter, the chronic crash dieter, mm -hmm. the people that are coming from keto where they say they can't have fruit and mm -hmm. the, you know, people who are coming from, you know, the paleo diet who say that they can't have this and that, whatever. And, and so what has that done? It's put women into a negative mindset of this is bad can't have that i'm not this i'm not good enough i need to be smaller i need to do da, 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 da. and really the anti-diet weight loss club is exactly that now that doesn't mean you know we don't believe in tracking objective data and, right. and tracking your food and yeah we do step on the scale if we need to use it as a measurement of progress yeah. and yeah we are going to take you know as much data as we possibly can in your journey to give you the best possible advice um but it means that we're doing it in a way where you can learn about your body and you can learn about how to move forward and you can take that objective data and pair it with your emotion and pair it with everything that's going on in your life to give you the best outcome. Um, yeah. So that's really what the anti-diet club is all about. I love that. I think you put a name to what I think all good coaches should do, which is add versus subtract, because yep. if you just look at like the science behind it. And they show this in studies, not only with like weight loss and stuff, but with parenting as well, or just behavior modification in general, it is far more effective to reward good behavior than it is to punish for bad behavior. Right. It's exactly. so, it's so simple, right? Like if you want your kid to do their homework, 
Do you think it'll be more effective to lock them in their room every time they don't or reward them when they do get their homework mm-hmm. done? I know. And like, so not complicated, you know, it's like, we're not like, these are things I take from my dog. Like, you know, like yes. I can train my dog to do something great just by giving it a treat every time it does it. You know, exactly. I don't hold my, do- right. And I think it's so, I mean, here's what I believe about all that. I believe that people love to overcomplicate things that they don't understand. Yes. And people love to find a complicated reason for them not to do things. I and yes. so and so inherently, naturally, we overcomplicate the crap out of health and weight loss. Yeah. And so and and I think that the unsexy side of weight loss, which is what we're talking about, the very oversimplified non-negotiable habits is tough for, for people to grasp because there is no hiding and there's no excuse and there's no, like, you can't not do it. It's very easy to do. Yep. And then, yeah. So I think, yeah, it it's, it's tricky. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, yeah. And that's why our job, not that we complain about it, um, or trying to complain, but it's not easy, um, to strike that balance with people. But I absolutely think coming at it from a place of addition versus subtraction is just way, mm-hmm. way more realistic for people. Um, and to go back to what you said as well is like, Every other diet that many of these women have tried has basically been a punishment, some form Mm -hmm. of a punishment. And so most people coming into a coaching program or a new diet or whatever it is, is they're like, oh, I'm going to have to sacrifice and punish myself. And yes, sacrifice is required when you're trying to accomplish anything. You're going to have to sacrifice something you were doing before that wasn't working or helping you get to that goal. But I think if you come into a new program or a new way of doing things, thinking you're going to have to give so much up and it's going to be a punishment, you're not going to want to continue to do it. I'll use myself as an example. Like I worked with a coach in February of last year, um, and I knew I was going to have to go on a really restrictive diet to figure out what was triggering like, you know, gut health issues for me. And so when I worked with the next coach, I was like, so apprehensive to do any sort of elimination. And he was like, it's not a punishment. It's an experiment. We got to figure out what's causing these issues for you. Um, and that really helped me shift my perspective. And I think a lot of people would benefit from, from understanding that as well. So I think that's a brilliant way of coming at it in a much more helpful way of looking at things. Um, because you're not going to stick to something that feels punishing to you. I posted in my Facebook group yesterday. I was like, um, I can't remember my exact verbiage, but it was something like, you know, have you ever done a diet that's given you the ick? Like yeah. what was the diet that gave you the ick? And all these women are coming in. They're like, oh my God, like keto blah, or like this or like whatever. And I was like, okay, okay. Like I get like the, you know, the keto flu and that, but like, what about diets that you've done that while you were doing it, you're like, hmm, like, I don't really want to be doing this, but I feel like I have to, because it's my only choice. Right. Yeah. Like those are the things that give you the ick. And I was, I was relating it back to in like one of the longer posts that I put out, like relating it back to like previous business coaches that I've worked with again, shut up, Caleb, not you love you. Um, where like, uh, they're, they're like, Oh, I, my mind is like, Ooh, I don't really agree with what you said, but I feel like I have to do this. So I'm just going to do it to be successful. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, and then, so I want to say to like women, like trust your gut, man. Like if you're in a diet that again, is not in alignment with who you are, or like you're doing things that you don't really like, or you're cutting out foods that you love and you know, you want to eat again. Yeah. That's the ick, like stay away from it. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Um, so as I, you know, anytime I have someone on the show, I, I want to make sure I'm bringing on someone who has a lot of valuable information. And, um, I, I kind of knew that you would be one of those people when I, you know, dug a little bit more into you and what you do and realized that you had a book out. Um, mm-hmm. and you talk about, I believe it's called the he- healthy and hustle, right? Five hustle sustainable healthy. hustle and healthy. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so essentially what you're going into is sustainable methods of weight loss for busy women. So you, you it. say it's like the five pillars of, of sustainable and healthy weight loss. I'd love to yep. dig into what those five pillars are, um, yeah. and how they can be applied to, I'm sure a lot of the busy women that are listening right now. I love that. Yeah. The, yeah. So hustle, but healthy, um, five pillars. And so I basically like, I love writing it's, I'm a very, um, visual creative person. So like yeah, my, and I, oh yeah, I did mention like and people always find this hilarious that I'm doing what I'm doing with like five years of art school, like a bachelor of fine arts. And yeah. And so like that creativity, I get to kind of use that with what I'm doing now in writing. So I love writing. And so cool. uh, for like 
from like the moment I started the business up until I started actually writing the book, I was just accumulating articles and blog posts and all these different things. And so I was kind of going through all of them and I started to really kind of find themes amongst everything I was talking about. And I was able to kind of put all of those things under, under five and what I call them now pillars. Um, and so the pillars are really kind of like, I think themes is a great, a great word for it because they're not specifics, right? They're right. not go do this, go do this, go do this. It's themes and things and, and mindsets and mantras that you kind of need to start absorbing and, and think about on a, on a larger scale to help you get to that ultimate place of sustainable health and wellness and, and weight loss. Um, so the first one is it, we call it, get your head right. And get your head right is all about the like mindset. It's all about getting rid of yep. self-sabotage, self-love, what we talked about, gaining consistency. Like the whole um, section of that book is just dedicated to how can we cultivate us like a growth mindset and a positive mindset before you even start this journey, mm -hmm. right? Because I think like that is really what's going to determine a successful journey from a, from a temporary one is the way that you approach it and how you think about it. Right. Like, I mean, and we've talked already so much about this, that can be applicable coming from it at it from a place of, um, addition versus subtraction coming at it from a place of, I want to do this because I love myself versus I want to do this because I want to change myself, like mm -hmm. all of those things. Right. So that's going to be a huge part of how your journey is, is, um, successful is if you come at it from the right approach. So that's the, the first one is mindset, the way that you think, the way that you think about yourself and the way you think about the journey. Um, the second one is plan and execute. So this is um, the goal setting that we talked about, inclusive versus react reactive goals, um, making sure that you are setting yourself up for success via execution. I think it's so easy for us to read and digest information and go on chat GPT and say, hey, give me a new workout plan and look at the new fad diet out there and just read, 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 read and Not plan. Yeah, right. And we plan it. Okay, okay, on Monday, I'm going to do this. I have my workouts planned out. I have this. And then there's zero consistent execution. Mm -hmm. And then so I started thinking about, okay, why is that happening? Well, it goes back to the initial goal, right? So this is where we talk about making sure you're you're creating inclusive goals for yourself, making sure that we ultimately stop that vicious pattern of researching and planning without follow through. <laughs> so that's mm -hmm. the that's the second pillar. Um, the third pillar is from the ground up. This is um, so from the ground up, just like basics, right? So using habit stacking and non-negotiables um, as basically the rocks of sustainable wellness and weight loss. And that's sleep, stress management, hydration, quality of your food, uh, your consistency and movement, like just really, really foundational um, habits. And so those are our big five. Um, those are our big five non-negotiables. Um, number four is, I need my book in front of me. Number four, <laughs> trust the process. Yeah. Um, trust the process really just means like, um, I sort of touched on this already, but we do a big balance of objective data versus like emotion. Right. But this particular pillar is all about how we can learn to use objective data to measure our progress without letting emotion get in the way. And yeah. I think you used a really fantastic example of that, of, Hey, this isn't a punishment. This is like learning about yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, how do we use the scale as an example of just data? Like you're nothing, it's, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a number. And that yeah. set of numbers or series of numbers can tell us a story. And that story can tell us if we're on the right track or not. And I think that so many women have let the emotion and rightfully so don't get me wrong. Like I get it um, of the years of trying to be smaller and all that negativity, they've let it seeped into tools, tools like my fitness pal tools, like, um, the scale tools, like whatever, like weighing and measuring or anything like that. And so that fourth chapter or section of the book is all about like, just reframing our minds when it comes to the tools that are actually going to help us uh, move forward by using them as sort of like a GPS, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last one's all about building your life raft. It's, you know, community building. How do you surround yourself with people in an environment that are going to support your journey? Um, you know, like finding, um, resources, finding people that are going to support you, just basically setting up your environment from, for a place of success. Um, and yeah, those, those are the five. Now, obviously we kind of dig into like the details and the nitty gritty of each one, but those of are the, the themes of each one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I highly recommend because I agree with all that stuff, just grabbing the book and reading it. Um, 
I'll link that in the description below, but really quick, a couple things I want to go back to from what you said before we wrap up here, you keep mentioning the idea of, um, exclusive or excuse me, inclusive goals versus, uh, reactive Reactive. goals, right? Can you tell us what it, and you talked about what a reactive goal is, but can you tell us how to set an inclusive goal? Okay. So here, like we can kind of like do, I, I, sometimes I give this as like an, a, a task for my clients or something, or we'll do sessions for them. So here's a classic example. Um, a reactive goal would be, I want to lose 10 pounds because Sally lost 10 pounds, yeah. or I want to lose 10 pounds because, um, I want to look good in a bikini for summer break because everyone's going to look at me or whatever. Right. Yep. Versus I want to lose 10 pounds because I want to be a good role model for my daughter. Mm-hmm. I want to lose 10 pounds because, um, I know that my daughter is starting to look at her body and I want to make sure that I'm losing it in a very sustainable, healthy way so that she kind of t- can take after what I'm doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's not about family, you can even like, look at what, what else is important for you. Um, I want to lose 10 pounds because I know if I lose 10 pounds, I'm going to have more energy and clarity and productivity at work. Yeah. Um, maybe you're a, maybe you're a high level CEO or you're an executive and you need, maybe you do presentations all the time and you know that you have brain fog. Right. And I think, so what I'm getting at is like, tie it to something that is so close to you and your heart, right. Versus, versus like the kind of ambiguous, whatever fleeting moment of jealousy that you're getting from the girl on Instagram or the once that you're going to be on a beach for five minutes, you know? Yep. Um, Yeah. So I think it's like, you can take the same goal and a great exercise is write it out as what it would be as a reaction and write it out as what it would be if it was including all the things that are important to you. And they can be very similar, but just the why is different. Mm -hmm. I I like to liken it to like an anchor, basically. Like if you're on a boat and let's say that achieving this goal is analogous to you being out at sea, right? Mm -hmm. If you're out at sea and you're not anchored to the bottom with something heavy, you're just going to keep drifting in all sorts of girl. (laughs) Yeah. You're a floater. You're going to be going in all sorts of different directions. You're going to be going in keto for a few months and CrossFit here. And you know, you don't have anything that's like really tying you to one specific way of doing things. Um, Mm -hmm. And so having that anchor there, that anchor could be, like you said, being a role model, being more productive at work, um, just being a better human, a better member of society, um, that will tie you down and that will, that, and tie you down in a good way. It will, it will help you focus, right? Like I like to use the saying, like focus on one thing, let the main thing be the main thing and stop getting distracted by all the shiny objects. And I'm sure you have experienced this. Like a lot of people will say like, you know, they'll join our transparently, they'll join our coaching programs and they will be like, this is the thing I'm going to go full blast all in. I'm going to invest in working with Robin or working with Iman. And then some shiny object comes up and they're like, Mm, I think I want to do this group therapy thing. I think I need to cancel coaching or "Mm, I think I'm going to do this specific blood test and do this. Like, and I'm like, no, like you got to refocus, get yourself back. Let the main thing be the main thing. Focus on that one thing. You can do the group therapy or the blood work or whatever afterwards, but you cannot run away from the fact that you need to establish good habits. You need to, you know, all the stuff that we talked about earlier in the podcast. So, yeah. And when we're talking about, I think the one thing that now finally women are wanting, let's tie it back to that one word, sustainability. Yeah. What is going to be more sustainable for you as a goal? Your daughter, who's going to be with you for as long as she possibly can be. And as long as you're alive right? or the five minutes that you're on a beach and thinking that other people are looking at you. Right. right? So it's like just taking, just going back to, again, those two examples of, of the goals that I use, but like your, if you want something sustainable, your why has to, has to be strong enough for your journey to be sustainable. So it doesn't mean that the outcome can change. And I think that's really important because I mean, at the end of the day, we're working with women who want to lose weight. And I think it's important that we keep our sight on that. Like you want results, you want to lose weight, you want a better body composition. Okay, cool. We're going to help you get there, but we're going to help you get there with this frame of mind versus this frame of mind. Because if you come into this program wanting to lose 10 pounds because you're ready to go on a beach vacation, I'm going to say, hmm, okay. How sustainable is that going to be? Because I'm now worried that you're going to leave our program and you're not going to care about anymore about all the work that we've done. Yep. Right. 
versus, and and ultimately I'm doing you a disservice and you're doing mm-hmm. yourself service versus, okay, you want to lose 10 pounds? Okay, cool. Why? Oh, my daughter, this and my work and my job and all that stuff. I feel like I'm going to be better. And like, okay, cool. I can work with you. Right. Because I know that you're going to keep it up after we're done working together. Yeah. I love that you said that because that is what everyone now I'm talking to. They want sustainability. They, I think women are finally catching on to the fact that these fad diets are just that they're a fad and they're very transactional and they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they pass, right? Yeah. Like they, they are not a solid foundation for your life. Yet when we actually teach them what sustainability looks like, they shy away from doing that hard work. So yep. what the point I want to make to wrap things up here is like, this is going to be hard work, but anything worth doing is going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be willing to embrace the discomfort and embrace the hard work of what this looks like. Because when you do, it feels like an, a weight is lifted off your shoulder. Like you have it figured out and you just, it just clicks and you just don't have to worry about it. Like yeah. close your eyes for a minute, unless you're driving or something like that, but close your eyes and imagine a life where you don't have to wake up every morning and think about your diet and what you eat and be obsessed about it. Like that is the life that's waiting on the other side of really addressing the root cause of your issue and getting to the bottom of how you got in this place in the, in the first place, how you got to this body that you hate and this life that you hate in the first place. If you're actually willing to break down the barriers and get to the core of that and work through that, you will never have to worry about this again. And when I say never have to worry, I mean, I don't mean that you don't ever pay attention to your diet or to your sleep or anything like that. I just mean that it's not this all like elusive thing that you can't figure out. Mm-hmm. It's actually, yeah, exactly. And there's a difference between, um, there's a difference between not like, I mean, it's as simple as not knowing what to do versus knowing what to do. Right. Yep. Like it doesn't mean it's not without work and not without effort. Like, yep. you know, it just means that you, okay, I know what I need to do and there's no overwhelm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that. And I think just to finish up your point there, if you, the work makes it so much more rewarding, yeah. right? Like, Oh, the pride and the accomplishment that comes from something that you put effort into, versus something that you, I mean, was just given to you, let's say, mm-hmm. right. And I always like, you know, ask like, okay, if there was a magic pill, would you take that pill? And a lot of women are like, yeah, I would, of course I would. It's like, I want it. I'm like, okay, how long do you think that that's going to last then? Because there's right. no, there's no pride and accomplishment attaching you to maintain it. Right. Like if you work hard to get something, God, you're going to do your damned to make sure that that stays. Yep. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And even if they do take that magic pill, okay, great. You took the magic pill. How confident are you on a scale from one to 10 that you can actually keep the weight off if you didn't learn any of the stuff we just talked about? Right. Exactly. And then you're back in the same spot. And I'm, we're not even going to open this can of worms because we're coming up on time. Yeah. But you know what exactly what I'm referring to? Like, oh, yeah. People that are taking, Ozempic and everything along these lines, they're, you know, they're losing weight really quickly and they don't even know they just wake up one day and they're a thinner version of themselves. Like without even talking about the physical ramifications of it, if you're not using it appropriately, like Mm -hmm. how do you think you're going to be able to maintain that? Mm -hmm. It's the reason why people get weight loss surgery and they gain weight back still. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last question. If you have time for one more, um, I like to ask this to everyone because I think like this really addresses who my, like who my audience is and who I'm trying to help. So Mm -hmm. let's say that you are, you're sitting down and you're having a conversation with, you know, Mrs. Jones. She's a, you know, she's 37 years old. She has two kids. She works as a, you know, uh, CPA or something along those lines. Like she goes in for like a, you know, a corporate job. Right. And she's been dieting her whole life. She's done the beach body 21 day fix. She's done weight watchers. She's done Optavia and she's done three stints of keto. And she comes to you and she's like, Robin, what do I do to lose weight and keep it off? What are you Mm going to tell her? I mean, you know, (laughs) this is so funny because like my brain as like, I mean, you're a coach too. So you get it. Like, I just like, okay, I have like a thousand and one questions for you first. Yeah, like, yeah for sure. <laughs> like, so let's go through that. But okay, let me, let me try and like, maybe like t- tie a bow on it to make it like digestible for, for those who are listening. I would say, um, I think the first question I would ask her would say, okay, are you willing to take, are you willing to be patient 
like mm-hmm. w- like gauge her level of patience first you know what i'm saying like okay you clearly want this and i'll help you get there but i'm not going to get you there as fast as everything you've done in the past because mm-hmm. clearly that's not working you know so i think the first thing that needs to like that first conversation is okay like are you willing to be patient like are you ready to do this a little bit differently are you ready to take a bit of a longer scenic route so to speak yeah um and then and then you know from there it's like you know taking and I, I i don't know what you do with your clients but i'm sure it's it's quite similar it's like okay then we're going to take the next 6 months and we're going to stop effing dieting Mm-hmm. No, like I mean, we're just gonna stop. Like, are you ready to just quit dieting? Okay, stop. Like, let like clearly your body is giving you the big middle finger right now. Yep. Because of all the crap that you've put it through with three cents of keto and Weight Watchers and whatever, whatever she did, right? Like, yeah. it's just giving you the middle finger. So, I think it's time to just say like, give it a little pat on the back, give it a little bit of healing. Like, let's just take some time off of dieting. And so like, but that's, I mean, as you know, that's a big conversation because it's, and this is where the mindset comes in. And this is where all that, like, it's so nuanced, right? But to try and again, keep it succinct, I would say, I'd say, are you ready to be patient? And are you ready to stop dieting? Because I can guarantee you, I can get you there, but it's, it's going to be mentally challenging because it's not what you've done in the past. Yeah. It's not what you're used to. Yep. It's not what you're used to. Um, yeah. And then, and then take it and then take it from there. Because once I get the sign off on those two things, mm-hmm. I could work with anybody. Yeah. Right. It's yep. getting the sign off on those two things. It's getting the sign off. I'm yes. I'm willing to be patient. Yes. I'm willing to do something different. Yes. I'm willing to do this. Once you get the sign off, you're good to go. So I think for anybody who feels like that woman, who feels like that kind of avatar that you, that you created there, that's where you need to get to first. You need to get to a place of you're ready to be patient and you're willing to, you're willing to kind of do something different. And if you're not there yet, you got to get there first before you even seek help because nobody can help you if you're not ready to sign off on those things. Yep. Absolutely. Beautifully said, Robin. Um, I loved this conversation. Where can people find you if they want to get your book or they want to learn more about the anti-diet method? I love that. We have the anti-diet weight loss club on Facebook. So that's like our kind of community. Um, Hustle But Healthy is on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. So that's nice. an easy find. It's um, There's a paperback and a hard uh, cover version. Paperback is a lot cheaper. So I would just go for that one. Um, and yeah, I think those are the two places. I'm Robin Shaw Jarvis on Instagram and Hustle But Healthy on TikTok. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you're still here, thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode. If you liked it this much, you should probably share it with your friends and family and anyone else you think would benefit. As always, I'm wishing you wellness and I will see you in next week's episode.